Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. If uh, you scroll on your phones at all, you've probably seen this man. Uh, he's got a very fresh take on the golf game, the golf industry. Uh, he's got his own media industry, uh, kind of, you know, building up from the ground up with hype media. Really stoked to get the insight of how it all came to be and what his aspirations are in the future. Roger Steele, thank you so much for joining the podcast, man. How are you today? And I appreciate y'all for, you know, validating my fame uh, by putting me on the <laughs> You're podcast. an influencer now, man. I'm an influencer, bro. It's legit. It's happening. <laughs> Told my dad I'm rich. It's all good. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, like I said, man, we appreciate you joining us. Um, there, there's been some funny, I guess, you know, not so funny when you when you took the uh, the attempt at making this video, but it's gotten some serious headway. Uh, the trash video, the your trash video. I think we just jump right into that. Dante, you and I were talking about it before we hopped on and, you know, we're not on tour, so we all know we're trash. But like, why did that video come to be for you? And like, you know, how, how did you get the, the kind of awareness to, to do that video the way you did? Man, it's just, it's a lot of, it's a lot of layers to like why that came to be. First of all, I got a lot of people like in my life that are coming into golf now, right? I tried to get them into golf a long time ago and they were like, man, what's this shit out of here? You know what I mean? But it's like, now it's like, you know, some, it's, it's kind of trending in the right direction as far as, you know, it just, it's just a lot cooler. And I think COVID helped with that, honestly, you know. I mean, a lot of people's, you know, when COVID happened, started buying, riding bikes and all you could do is ride bikes and play golf pretty much, you know what I mean, uh, in a lot of states. So a lot of people coming up to me trying to get involved. And I'm like, man, like I was I just found myself having the same conversation over and over again. And I was like, you know what, there's probably a way for me to systematize uh, and, and streamline these conversations that we have and, and, and put something out there that's kind of authentic and like, you know, if people like it, they like it. But if not, it's going to be something that if somebody hit me up about how to get started, I'm like, all right, watch this video and then hit me up after that. You know, so it was kind of like something to save me time. Like if I just talk for 10 minutes, I could probably expedite this whole process uh, a lot faster. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm real like surprised, but appreciative that people responded to it the way that they did, you know, especially with all the, the vulgarities in there. My man, you know. Try to make hey, that <laughs> one of my favorite and, and Dante knows this because I talk about this man way more than probably one man should talk about another man. But I talk about Gary V all the time and, and yeah. the way he kind of curses on his content. You know, obviously he gets some backlash for it, but he keeps it real and people people realize that's authentic, you know, at the right. end of the day. So I think that's probably why it came off as so like, yeah, vulgar in, in a term, but like also authentic, you know, you really meant right. it. People knew it just wasn't coming from a place of I'm just doing this for some likes. It's a coming from a place of like, I mean it. And I mean what I'm saying. Right. And so like, and that's the thing too, man, like in golf, you feel like, uh, like, you know, for me personally, it was like, if I was ever hanging around my friends and then I had to go, to a golf course or a golf setting, I would have to tone everything down. Like, it's like, it's like I had to change who I was to exist in this other environment, right? And it's like, man, like, that, that's kind of like shitty because I'm, I'm decent at golf, right? Like, I understand golf, I know golf. I know how to not disrespect the game, right? I know how to, you know, like, uh, fix my ball marks, repair my divots, you know what I mean? Rake bunkers, like, I know how to do all of these things, you know, not stepping somebody's line, you know, like I understand golf at, at a high level, you know, but as still when I go to like when I'm in a golf environment, I have to turn like 
so much of myself off to enjoy this game. And I was just like, yo, if I could have golf my way, I would be who I was on the basketball court, on the golf course. You know what I mean? And, you know, I would be who I was around my friends and family. I would, I, I should be able to present myself in those same ways uh, in, in golf. And I, and I want to feel welcome there. Right. And so I think that like from a content perspective, like what, you know, some of the stuff that I posted recently has opened up is like when people play golf with me now, they know what they're going to get. And I don't have to change. <laughs> I could just show up and just like be who I want to like be who I am. And, and it's cool now. And you know, that's fine. That's like the beauty of it, too, because that's what, like golf's all about personality. I mean, everybody right. has their own different swing, right? Like, I mean, right. no one has to be the same. You're out there to be like who you are. And and it even kind of shows like now with like when you're watching the PGA where all these guys, you know, the mics can get them a little bit easier because there's no one, there's no fans or any background noise. So you can see on the PGA, like everything's being cut out like they like as if you thought your sound was going out but these guys are just being real they're getting pissed off they're cursing i mean that's like that's golf i mean i go out there and drop f-bombs left and right like i get pissed all the time i mean it's just it's just you being like you and being real because you care right like obviously these guys have a you know they have the respect to the game at the same time they're just you know golf's not about where like if you're on like uh, like for me on the lacrosse field or anybody else on the football field where like you get pissed off, you can just beat the shit out of, you can just hit someone and just knock them out. Right. And get that frustration out or be like golf is like, you need something to just, it's going to be a lot more vocal when you're expressing, you know, any type of excitement or frustration yeah, or who you really you are. Get, that's the only way you can get it out. Unless you exactly. like, you know, chest bumping your caddy or something. Like yeah, that. right. <laughs> you know I mean? Or you just like throw him a sucker punch because you're pissed or whatnot. Because yeah, exactly. you need the clip. Exactly. But I, I, I get where you're, what you're saying is it's just like, you know, like you shouldn't have to put on another face. Like you should be able to go out and be who you are. And right. I think that's what the great aspect of what you're doing. And I think what kind of the golf community up and coming is doing is, you know, showing out like you're allowed to go out and be who you are. Right. Right. And I mean, you know, I, I you know, I think that there have been some things standing in the way of that, you know, historically, obviously, mm-hmm. but I do think that there's more and more people that are like, yo, if I'm going to play the game, I, I got to be able to play it uh, and enjoy it this way. And I see like this kind of tug of war that's going on you know, across the broader golf landscape. And I, I just think that even even in that tension, though, uh, you know, the resolutions that come for that, come from that are going to be more progressive, right? Like golf is going to fundamentally change as far as how we're allowed to engage with it and how we're allowed to represent it. And you, it's not much that anybody could, like, do about it at, at this juncture, right? Because it's like the game is beautiful. Golf courses are beautiful. Uh, you know what I mean? The things that you learn about yourself playing golf are beautiful. And it's like everybody should experience that on whatever level, you know, public courses, country clubs, whatever, driving ranges. You you, you should experience that. You hit it perfectly, too. And it's like it, it's like any changing society. Right. Like our, our society is obviously changing. And I hope for in the right direction, in, you know, in the next eight, 10, 12 years. And I think golf needs to move with that. It seems like golf is one of those oddities that, you know, gets stuck in the past a little bit because of its roots, because of its origin uh, and because of this kind of high profile, you know, uh, society of which are these private entities and things like that. We're seeing a lot, a lot of more public play. 
I think, right. you know, whether it's within the first T programs and getting inner city folks started or, you, you know, just in the little munis and this and that and the other, like Dante and I were talking about some of the munis around us, man, you had to make a tea time almost a week in advance as soon as things opened up right after COVID because A, it was the only thing to do. Right. B, people were finally exploring it for the first time. And golf saw a huge uptick from that, which really hasn't subsided. It's kind of just continuing to grow since then. Right. Um, and it's one of those things where when you see numbers like that, kind of, you know, really hit some benchmarks that we've never seen before, you're going to see it change. And I think for the, for the best of everyone, because you're going to see a lot more inclusivity of all, you know, types and classes of people playing the game, which is a great thing for us moving forward. Right. Right. Let's let's talk a little bit before we jump into, I think, you know, kind of the path you're on today. You know, how did it all start? Where did your love for the game begin? And how did you really get down this path of, of jumping back into the love for the game? Like, how did it all start for Roger Steele? Yo, so my so I'm, you know, I'm from Chicago, right? I'm from the west side of Chicago. <clears throat> and my pops is a uh, retired police officer. Right. So he worked for the Chicago Police Department for like 33 years. And so when I, he had me later in life, but when I was just born, he was just getting into golf, right? And so then, you know, obviously my mom, you know, forcing him to spend time with me, he like dragging me out to the golf course, right? And so <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, you know, I hate it here. Like, we you know, what the, hell, like, what the hell are we doing? I'm my only child. None of my uh, cousins, you know, play. Like, I don't really have any friends that play. It's just all old dudes. And, you know, it's a basketball court right down the street from Columbus Park, which is this course that was, you know, right by our house. And, uh, you know, my dad was just like, man, you know, you're going to learn how to play golf. You know what I mean? And my dad, you know, he's a police officer, right? He's pretty, like, militant type dude, like, you know, my way, you know. And so I, I kind of just, you know, and I lived in that in a lot of regards, right? Because my dad, you know, growing up the way he grew up, he just had his mind around how he was going to keep me out of trouble, how he was going to keep me on the path to success. And he just wouldn't let me deviate from that period, you know, for like a very long, like pretty much all through high school, right? So whatever my dad said went, you know what I mean? Fortunate for that now, but it was kind of like hell, you know what I mean? Like while, you know, you're going through your, your formative years. But so he introduced me to the game. You know, I'm playing it, dabbling it, no passion there though. It's just like my dad, you know. And another thing that kept me from being super passionate about it was that, I, you know, I didn't have instructors that like told me anything that made sense. You know what I mean? It was like, and no knock to them, like everybody figuring it out, but it's like you had decent players, like decent players in the black golf community that just didn't know how to like teach it. You know what I mean? They didn't, they didn't really understand what they were doing. They just knew how to like hit the ball where they were trying they to could, hit it. They like, could square it up, but telling a young man how to really figure it out wasn't their man, strong suit. Yeah, they telling me what they feel. And I'm like, yo, I'm <laughs> I'm snap hooking the ball, dog. So I don't really know what you're talking <laughs> that ain't, about. That ain't it, That ain't it. That ain't the one right there. So then, uh, so as soon as I graduated high school, like I was like done with golf. You know, I'm out in college and by myself. I left my, you know, clubs at home. It's like, man, you know. And so, um, and so when I graduated, like I said, I majored in civil engineering. I get my first job. Uh, working for the state they like yo we got this golf outing coming up we're gonna give you a day off if you know how to play golf and I'm like and by this time I'm already bored with engineering I'm like yo I want a day off you know what I mean so then uh I'm like man I got some clubs so I drive back you know to Chicago get my clubs uh bring them back I was in like the southern part of Illinois working and so uh playing this one outing man and like ever since that day it was like a light a, you know a light switch I got I played a pretty nice course I'm like man, this is beautiful. Like, 
you know, man, you know, it's, it was just a completely different experience that I remembered as a kid. And I had like the intellectual capacity to like understand what I was, what I was out there to do, you know? And um, from then I just started practicing on my own, found some swing coaches and started spending my own money on actually getting better, which really made me retain it, you know, and having kind of like a engineering mind, like I understood like physics and stuff. So I just like the golf, the golf swing just made a lot more sense as far as planes and like the forces and, and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, you know, I, I, I get this, you know, like pretty much if I do the right things, I can hit a good shot. It's not some like mystery that's going to fall out of the sky and like grace me whenever it feel like, like, you know, I just need to make the club do this and it'll work. No, I was going to say, I agree with you. Cause I'm like, kind of like the same way. Like I played with my dad growing up, but didn't really, and did some camps here and there and didn't right. really kind of like understand it until, you know, I kind of messed up my knee and realized, you know, like the men's lacrosse, just, I ain't going pro. So right. that's out of the question. Wasn't good enough for that. And I was like, well, I need to do something to keep my competitive edge. So I picked up golf and a light bulb went on my head. I was like, I can do this till I die. Like I can play this till my old age. Right. And it wasn't until then where like, I, like you're saying, like, like, what am I, I don't understand what I'm doing. The ball is just going in one direction. Like, like I'm hitting slices. And I was like, I don't know how to fix this. This is just the way it is right. until like, you just, you know, like at the same thing, you're older, you're, you're in like a nine to five and you, you kind of need something to kind of get that, like that energy going because that right. same thing. I was at my job. I was like, nah, no thanks. I'm done. Like I'm getting bored of this. And then I just started studying the golf swing. And right. now you just come into now you're now you're just 10 times. Now you're hooked even more right. than you want than you were just like getting back into it. Right. And now you're just studying everything. You're talking to, you know, friends, you're talking to coaches, you're online, right. you're subscribing to every golf YouTube channel that you can possibly find. And then you're just like diving into every little like inch by inch of like what the swing is consistent of and you're just studying that and studying right. and studying just trying to get better and get better so i like i feel you on that one i mean that's uh yeah that's that, that's cool to hear and now and then the bugs in you now you're just like there's you, you can't there's no perfect swing but you're always striving for it right right and that was until like so then you know i i get into it heavy and then i start like getting better like fast you know what i mean because i was pretty you know athletic and like, you know, it just all made sense. And I had like a foundation in it, you know, that it was kind of a little easier to build off of. It's not like I'm starting from nothing, you know what I mean? And so, uh, and so then it was like, I'm four years into engineering at this point. And I'm like, man, I gotta quit, you know, like I can't, you know, like I'm pretty much just working to like, you know, support my my golf addiction. It's like, I'm like, no, yep. why, don't I just figure out, why don't I just figure out a way to make some money like doing what I actually want to do. I'm giving 10, 12 hours to this uh, company. I mean, great, you know, company and people, but it was like, man, it's kind of seemed backwards a little bit, right? Um, and so then, you know, kind of tried to jump off into entrepreneurship, you know, was always creative. And then, you know, that, but but the whole time the orientation was like, yo, I need to make a lot of money so I could play golf all the time. Like that was like, people don't understand that that was my, that's how like crazy obsessed I was about golf. Like it was just, you're like, man, you're coming up with all these crazy ideas. And it's like, where do these come from? Like, because I need to play golf. Like, <laughs> that's, that's I have I a tea time at two, and if I don't do something before noon to get me the money to play it two, I ain't playing it two. So now right, 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 right. So I'm like, I'm just dreaming. I'm trying, I'm swinging for the fence. Every idea I come up with, like, how can I make a million dollars so I can join Conway Farms and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's just crazy stuff. But 
So anyways, uh, so, you know, I get addicted to the game, start, try to start some businesses. Uh, you know, they don't work, but the people like the way I present them. They like kind of the creative processes around them. They offer to let me do freelance work for them. Wind up, you know, getting a job doing a bunch of freelance work on the marketing side, work for some golf companies, you know, understanding golf and doing creative. It was a huge void there. You know, so I worked for this one company, Urban Golf Performance in, in California. Did a bunch of work with them for like eight months. Worked with this other guy, uh, Danny Wax, who's now my business partner. Uh, did some freelance work for him. He was like, man, I love what you do. If you wanted to start a media company, uh, you know, just, you know, to kind of like streamline everything you're doing in, on the creative side, I'll support you. And then we started Hype Media. And this was probably like, you know, 2018. Yeah, probably like end of 2018, early 2019. Uh, so it's still relatively new. But so, you know, I, I, you know, I think of it in my mind, it seems like I've been doing things for so long, but it really hasn't been like that much time. Uh, that's kind of, you know, passed since since picking up a camera and trying to storytell. And uh, and so, you know, golf is just taking me all over the world, man. Like, I, you know, I owe every. Like since I left engineering, like every dollar that I've made has been because of somebody I met directly or indirectly through golf. You know what I mean? So see, I it's played with somebody. It's truly amazing how that point, and I just want to cut you off real quick. It's truly amazing how that point is so relative to I think Dante and I's situation at the moment. Um, you know, it, both of us got laid off in like a COVID period. Dante found his job because of a relative friend that he's in now, a relative friend at the golf course he was a member at. Um, and then, you know, just through the networking of the golf course that I was a member at, um, had some freelance opportunities and things like that because of, you know, the situation I was in golf stepped up first or people that I knew because of golf stepped up first. Right. Um, and I think it's wild how that just seems to be every person that I end up talking to who has a long-term position in this industry, when they were down, when they were out, when they were looking for things, somebody who they were a friend of because of golf stepped up first and i think it's just wild to hear the same story in your scenario over and over and but you're gonna hear that in every like case you know what i mean like especially when you got like a real love for the game like you really understand the game and you play the game you know like at, at some sort of a you know like avid level like the people that you meet when you get addicted to golf, it's almost like you, you you start speaking a different language. It's almost like you, you're you your own race. Like, I'm a black dude, you a white dude, but we golfers, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, bro, yeah. cool. Like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, bro. I, I rock a bro. You know what I mean? Like, yep. no, we can golf together. He's cool. Like, trust me. You know? And so, like, because of that orientation, it's crazy golf's ability to, like, shrink the world and, like, shrink, really? like, expedite the formation of relationships. You know what I mean? And, it's, and you're not going to get that in no other sport because no, you know, like one of my uh, closest friends and like my mentor is this Jewish dude from Chicago. He, you know, 10 years older than me, super successful, sold a logistics company a couple years ago or whatever. And it's like, what other sport, like, and, and what other circumstance where you and I be in the same room together or like, you know, speaking period, if it wasn't for like our love for this game. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's, 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 there's no, there's no like thing undertaken in this world that has the capacity to, like, I'm on this fucking podcast. Like, what is, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's just so wild, <laughs> man. You just, you hit the nail on the head. You spoke it so 
so perfectly. I mean, like when you, you speak about your mentor and the way you guys met and like what other circumstance in this world, I mean, would that have ever happened? And it just, you can pile that on 10 times over a hundred times over when you look at the golf industry and you look at the relationships that are being made in this industry. And it's, it's one of those things, man, you look back on it or you're going to look back on it in like 10, 15 years from now. And just, I, I feel like, you know, double, triple down on that take and say, you know, no other game would have got me into this in the situation. Oh, I mean, man. Yeah. Oh, like it's like me and you love college basketball. Like we'll, you know, if we from the same school, maybe, but if we from rival schools, like, mm, like we'll probably talk about the game and, you know, probably exchange some stats and some opinions, but it's like, you're not inviting me over for dinner because we both like college basketball. You know what I mean? You're not doing that over, you know, football. Like, you know, it's just there's, you know, there's there's nothing that's going to, like, bring you and I together, and you know, in any, like, deep capacity outside of golf, you know? And so, like, you know, me, me growing up in Chicago, obviously, you know, me growing up Black and having experiences, you know, with not just myself, but, like, stories from my family and friends and, like, you know, social impact and social justice is like very important to me, right? So mm-hmm. when I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, like if I could just get like my friends to fall in love with golf, like I could probably impact, you know, opportunities for upward mobility, like through this game. Like they just need to see it. They just need to, if they if they choose to fall in love with it, like the, the opportunities are endless as far as the people that they can meet. You know what I mean? there's no greater introduction in the world than to meet somebody through golf. And so that's kind of like led a lot of the things that I want to do as far as like, when I'm talking about making golf cool, I just want it to be accessible. So, you know, little kids from my city that didn't have my dad, cause I was blessed just to have my dad, right? Like my dad is the whole reason that, you know, all of this stuff kind of transpired. So little kids that from my situation that didn't get, you know, have my father and my mother, that was uh, why I leave her out, right? So, <laughs> both of them, but, you know, people that didn't have my parents so that they could just understand that there's opportunity in this sport. If you got a little muni, little whatever course within, you know, 10 miles, you make your way over there and figure it out because it's, it's a, it's a home for you. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's people there that, that can help you navigate life, you know, and the game that can help you navigate life. When I think too, and you hit it, you're hitting it on so many good points in which I think we wanted to talk about this evening too, but you know, one of the awesome Instagram posts that, that I saw and kind of really got, you know, you on my radar, you on our radar, I guess, was, was the post missing links, a black golf story. And I really want to get into that a little bit here. Cause you talked about how it can be an avenue for so many people, not only to, you know, kind of diversify the game, but stay on the straight and narrow path of, of, you know, kind of, you know, getting out of some hardships, maybe that, that, that they wouldn't have been able to get out of if it weren't for the game of golf, you know, talk us through that piece of creative you know videography a little bit you know why was that made and what was so special to you about making that that piece to to share with us all yeah so me and my partner so uh danny like when and this is around the same time COVID happened right so that we we wanted to push something like this and you know that that was meant to be like a teaser right so we put together a bunch of content to pitch that as like a, a bigger project right but that was just like an introduction to like a thesis, right? Like what's missing as far as like how you diversify golf and like historically what it's been missing, right? And so then to, you know, kind of uncover that answer, you got to go deeper into like the history of golf and, you know, kind of how golf was experienced in America 
uh, you know, you know, like through the 30s, 40s, 50s, you know what I mean, up until present day. And, you know, what figures have been in golf historically and what did they accomplish? And, you know, how, why did it, it seem like things were trending upward even before Tiger, right? Like you had people like Calvin Pete and Lee Elder and, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you had people that were, you know, trending upward. You saw diversification in the game. You had ambassadors for the game like Joe Lewis, um, even in women's golf. You know, you, you, just, you just had, you know, people entering into the game. And uh, I just thought that, like, when Tiger got here, it was supposed to, like, boom. Like, it was just supposed to be like, yo, uh, you know, uh, golf is it, – it just it, – I thought the entire game was going to change, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of people did too. And it's just interesting that it didn't. And it's, it, it like slowed down and tapered off even. Uh, just just as far as like representation at a high level, right? Um, and so with, with that piece of content, it was like, yo, like let's pose the question, like what's missing? Like what, what's been missing? And not just to like point fingers and say, oh, you know, these people kept the uh, minorities out of the game and blah, blah, blah. But like, can we look at history and then find like real solutions for how, if you want to pick up a shovel and be a part of the change, this is where you go. The, these are, you know, minority course owners and black course owners. These are like black professional golfers that are playing at a very high level that need more exposure opportunity or access to resources so, they, so that they can continue to hone their games. Uh, you know, this is where you go if you want to impact inner city youth programming this is where you go. And that's what it, that's the whole orientation of what that was trying to uncover. Right. And so we still talking to, you know, like we had some pretty interesting meetings. I was out in LA uh, a couple of weeks ago and we had some interesting meetings with, with a few different groups about like, how can we like push that further? And there's a lot of interest uh, in that project. And so maybe it's something, um, maybe it's something that gets picked up so that, so that we can like tell that story, you know, yeah, it's it's one of those things, man, where I thought it was just it was a beautiful piece. And like you said, just being a teaser, um, it presented a lot of the right questions. Like you said, it's presented of where like if you want to pick up, it, you know, your hands and actually get to work in doing some change, where, where do you go? How do you make that change? I think it's a question a lot of people have been asking, uh, maybe not asking in the right direction or asking in the right, you know, kind of waywardness to, to get us some actual, you know, forward movement in, in that idea. But I think it's an awesome um, representation of like where the conversation needs to go. Right. Um, and like you said, with so many people having some interest in it and, and hopefully, you know, getting some backing behind it, I, I think it was one of those pieces that like sparked just enough interest to say, hey, let's not let this die. Let's not let this be the last leg of the conversation. And let's actually see this through to see somewhere where we can make a change in the future. Right. Right. And that's, you know, that's, that's like I said, like, you know, golf, since I left my job uh, as an engineer at golf, like 99% of my income has come through people that I met through golf or people that I would introduce to, you know, indirectly because I played golf with somebody they set up the meeting for me with somebody they knew somewhere else. And so like this game, it's power to impact lives. It's just something that if you're open to it, if you're willing to learn and kind of get addicted to this drug of a game, like, I mean, you know, it, there's a lot of opportunity here that I just wish more people had access to, you know what I mean? 100%. And then you, you even beyond on. that, 
being the, beyond the access, though, you still need to, like, cultivate demand for the game too, right? Because it's like I could, you know, say, all right, man, we got uh, unlimited uh, rental clubs and stuff, so any kid in any city can come up and get, uh, you know, they can come out and play the game and da 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 But it's like even if you open up solve for the access piece, you still need to create the demand as well, right? Mm-hmm. In, in order to create the demand, you need to have more figures in the game that, you know, look aspirational to that demographic. So if they, you know, they look up and all they see is like, you know, people in my city, if all they see is like Patrick Reed or even like a Bryson DeChambeau, that's not necessarily going to fire me up to get to the golf course. You know what I mean? Like, nah, let's go play basketball. Let's go play football. You know what I mean? And so I think that, you know, something that I want to solve for is showing like how many people love this game that they can identify with, you know? For sure. Finding that role model, finding that person, like you said, um, that's not not only big in the game, but big in your region, big in your, you know, affecting your own city is what it boils down to, too, because you look at, you know, Dante being close to Philly. You find a Philly guy and you're from Philly, you are latched on to that dude like nobody else. And and it goes it goes to whatever big city, whatever big, you know, region you're in. If you can latch on to somebody from an early stage and see their pro career kind of pan out and say he came from where I come from. That makes such a big impact on a kid that's just wanting to pick up a sport no matter what it is. Right. Right. And so that's, you know, that's that's kind of like my orientation in the game is like I love it. You know, it would be dope. You know, I'm not going to lie. Like, we in America, it's capitalist society. Like, I would love to make a shit ton of money off of loving golf. You know what I mean? But, like, even if that's not the case, I think that the orientation of, like, how do we get more, like, dope and diverse people in the same room, on the same course, loving the same sport so that we can have better conversations, I really think that it's an opportunity to, like, progress society. And that's kind of, like, the the open the more overarching you know uh, opportunity here is just like yo this game could like uh, you know it could it, like I could take the you know the most hateful people on the left and the right and put them on a beautiful course on a beautiful day beautiful sunset some transfusions you know what I mean yeah. oh yeah man, how you gonna hate this man at the end of this yeah. you can't you simply cannot uh, we've well, talked about transfusions? this. We talked about mm. this so many times on a podcast before season one and season two now. And, and, you know, you talk about meeting strangers on the golf course, right. right? Dante and I used to go out as singles all the time and just, we would go play. And especially when we moved into new areas, we'd just go play and get hooked up with whoever. By the end of the day, 99.99%, you'll get that like one idiot, but 99.9% of the time you're walking away, typically either saying, man, really enjoyed today. Can't wait to do it again. Maybe we'll link up sometime soon or getting a guy's number or a person's number and saying, you know, let's do it tomorrow. Let's not do it soon. Let's do it tomorrow. Cause I had so much fun. Um, it's an interesting, um, dichotomy that I think golf just can, man, it can bring together whoever from wherever, whenever, and, and just make friendships happen that no other sport has possibly in it. Right. Right. And I, and that's kind of like, uh, you know, it's interesting. I don't, you know, I don't want to get like super deep or nothing like that, but you think about the, like, we have so many, like, you know, these very small, but like that these very small differences that we make it very big. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of it's rooted in like a lot of, you know, systematic, you know, uh, like the systematic practices that, you know, it's just, it's created a lot of disparities and stuff like that. Right. 
But at the end of the day, you know, we do have these small differences that we're making big. And it seems like sometimes, like through our history, the only thing that rectifies those types of disparities is when everyone has the same fight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I hate you, you hate me, but then the alien comes that hates us both. And now it's like, yo, we got to fucking kill the alien. Like, forget what we were fighting about, right? <laughs> yeah. then it's like everything shuts off. Like, I don't hate you no more. I love you. Like, let's fight. We back to back. Fucking, you know what I mean? Shooting shit. You know, so like, and, and that's kind of like what golf is in this weird way, right? Like, you know, I may not like your political stance. I don't like, you know, what you represent in society, but we both are fighting this game that like, like is beating the shit out of both of us. And so we like brothers in arms, like how the fuck do we like figure this game out? And that's like a, a golf. I don't feel like any other sport beats you up uh, like mentally the way golf does because it happens at your pace. Like you getting beat the fuck up at your pace. It's like you're being, I mean, I mean, it's how many times have you gone and play like amateur events where you're playing with a complete stranger and you're not having your best day and that guy is competing against you. But at the same time, he's nudging you in the arm, picking you up and saying like, you know, trying to get you back on the level because he knows that this course is kicking your ass and he knows you're out here because he knows you can compete. Right. Even though he's competing against you, right. you're competing together against the course. Right. And I, it's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's golf. It's just, it's too unique of an experience. Like you can't, it, I don't think that it has any like sport parallels. You know what I mean? And, I don't think uh, it does either. I, I think it just, it completely stands alone. And, and you see, and especially I think in, in my instance, uh, graduating college in 2017 and just kind of seeing not only my high school buddies, but now my college buddies, especially Dante, uh, you know, who played different sports in college and in high school and are just jumping in waves to go play golf. You know, my the old football guys, the baseball guys, the lacrosse guys, whatever sport they used to play, it seems like people are migrating to pick up, oh, I play football and golf now. I play this and golf and right. it, it's starting to become a conversation like everybody seems to be picking it up whether it's like you know once a month or you know once a week or even more it just seems to be like the masses are finally starting to at least show some interest in it and right. some repetitive interest and and when you start to see that kind of like shift towards a sport i think you get that relative like like you said that community sharing of like man i'm gonna go get my ass kicked you're gonna go get your ass kicked all right i can respect right. that right. <laughs> I respect that. Keep grinding, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And just, you know, like with some of the content, it's just like helping people manage their expectations because, you know, you bring up athletes that are coming into the sport. Like my boys that, you know, I hoop with, you know, that I mean, like, man, they were like dogs as far as, you know, basketball go. But then you put them on a the golf course. I'm like, bro, don't none of that shit translate here. Like, I don't care how good, you know, I don't, I don't care. Bro, you you are back to square zero right now, dog. Like you, you know, you this is this is the epitome of you learning how to crawl, you know. And so, uh, and and I think that that's an interesting, you know, caveat as far as why I'm making that content. It's like, yo, people need to really manage their expectations when they coming into this game. Like, like you just you 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 don't. It doesn't click for you. Uh, like it with any sort of consistent frequency at all because you have no idea what you're doing and when it does happen right it's luck so don't even get too high for that 
And it's you know even I mean? funnier too when you get like a baseball guy or even Dante, you as lacrosse, and you get someone that's got some sort of stick motion or some sort of motion that they had prior that rotates in a different right. way than the golf swing. Them breaking that is almost like slim to none odds of getting out of that motion. So yeah. transferring their old, you know, Dante, you, you're in, you're in. Oh my swing. God. <laughs> I still can't. I still can't. I've only played lacrosse for eight years and I'm going on like my sixth year of golf and once I picked up golf, I mean, I basically hung up the gloves and said, lacrosse, we're done. We broke up. We're, we're, we're past that. Like you can, you can have the kids, like you keep it all right. Like I'm out of it. Golf. Oh my God. I just cannot break that habit. I mean, as much as I play Dalton knows, I mean, I'm constantly out there grinding and trying to get to the range or trying to go play, but it's just insane of how much it just sticks I, I just, it's just what's tough. The, what's some, what, what you, what, what are you stuck with from lacrosse that, uh, uh to bring it, bringing everything way inside. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So it comes like inside and up, and then I get everything in positions rather than it just coming kind of like straight back and then just more into like a fluid thing. Because yeah. when the, the lacrosse shot, like everything was at the hip. Yeah. And with my, t- with my top pan, I would just, when I go to set up a, like a, like a full shot or like a, a step down shot, my top pan, since as a righty would pull into my lower hip. And that's the motion I do with my, the, my backswing that goes first rather than kind of take, taking the arm and just going kind of like straight back. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I'm trying to break that as much as possible, but it's so difficult. Man, dude, golf swing changes. But, but that's the beauty of golf is like there's always something to constantly work. shoot for to try and, and work for it to and then try and perfect. Right. It's like kids would be like, well, like kind of swing your swing. And it's like, it's like, all right, like you hit the ball pretty decent, but there's always better. Right. And and I think that's a, like the beauty swing of it your is. swing, but I want to break eighty. <laughs> what can a, I say? Daniel, man, it's kind of like uh, I'm kind of like at a point where I want to get better at golf, and I feel like at cert at a certain point you shut off like swing thoughts and you start going to like strategy, like you know, because mm-hmm. course management. You know, and it's one of those things that are like overrated, right? But I just feel like, man, course management um, and understanding and being intentional about, you know, what kind of shots you're trying to hit, what kind of shots you're trying to leave yourself, uh, you know, understanding your, uh, the opportunities for success and failure off of certain tee shots and like just intelligence in the sport. That's where you start to see like the biggest jump in like how you play it. You know what I mean? Because at the course end, management, course, course management can take a like scratch golfer to two handicap, and if they don't manage it right, make him struggle to break eighty all day long. Right, right. And right. it's just it's insane how course management. Like, say you're attacking like a pin that's you know all the way tucked back right, and like you're like, all right, well, do I want what's the like? And now you're thinking of like, all right, where's like the miss? Because let's face it, like we miss more than we hit like the perfect shot so it's like you strategize that and put your set yourself up the best score so it's like all right well why don't i just go for like the middle of the green and if i you know get one if i flush one i maybe get myself back there it's just amazing how like you're saying right there 
how much course management can set yourself up to just be a, a way better player. Cause right. everybody, you know, they scope it and they see like 155 and they're, they're like, all right, well, we're going to hit it 155. It's like, not necessarily. I was like, is it 160 to the back of the green and you're over and you're, you're done. Or like, you got to think of carry. And then if it is it firm, is it going to roll out? If it's soft, is it going to come back? There's right. so much to it. That's why like, I don't put no pressure on myself to go low in like no situation. Like comparing yourself to a tour dude who has a guy that, that he's paying a percentage of his winnings to literally tell him all this shit. Like, bro, like, hey, I, I ain't gonna say nothing, but over <laughs> the last two weeks, you've hit you've hit 70% of your tee shots in the right rough. I've been keeping track. If you do that on this hole, there's no way that you have a shot at the green. And like it's gonna be a guaranteed bogey if you hit it to the right. You have three wood. You've been drawing, and even if you do miss that right, you're gonna fall short of the tree. So you're gonna have a look at the green. You'll be able to work some around it. This is a three wood hole, and you just sitting there like, okay, and you just take the through, and like you just avoid. Yeah. It. <laughs> Here I am uh, navigating the course like uh, like a simpleton, like. Uh, give me driver. Give me driver. Give me driver. Oh, okay. so you say 430? Oh, yeah, driver. What's on driver. the right or left? I don't care. 430? Driver. driver. <laughs> you know, going at the pin, like, you know, giving yourself downhill, left to right putts that you can't, you know what I mean? You can't even breathe on. It's like, yo, how can you take yourself serious uh, with, with, like, the infra? Like, don't compare yourself to pros. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not realistic, you know? But you can, you know, kind of bury yourself with being more – diligent like when I play a course for the first time I'm like yo I don't really care what I shoot because I don't know my way around yeah you know exactly and what but I do put it on my if I go if I know I'm coming back to that course I am like all right like we need to understand where the trouble is like as you're walking around taking in the scenery just pay attention to you know I mean it's a tree right here or the widest part of the fairway is at 250 here uh -huh. and this is kind of like you know what I mean man if I go to this side of the green like there's really no chance to go home like if you just pay a little attention to stuff like that, your return visits to courses tend to go so much better. You know what I mean? Dante and I have played in a few better ball tournaments where we've tried to course manage each other. And, and sometimes I'm like, nah, man, I just got to give it a rip. I know I'm long enough. I can get there. About 3% of the time it works. The other 97% of the time I made like bogey or worse. That's because so he ended up on like, the, he ended, he pushed it. He ended himself under a tree. Then he had to try and punch it under the tree, over a bunker, onto the green, went into the bunker. And then I think he scalded over the green. It was a mess. You know, I'm just going to say bogey or worse. You got to throw me under the bus like that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Course management is fun. If you really start breaking it down and if you get good enough, that's the other thing too. When you get good enough to do it, you can't course manage and then never try and hit, never have a chance of hitting the shot you want to hit in the first place. You got to be good enough to course manage. But when you get there, this game, this game gets really complex really quick. Right, right. And I mean, but even so, like knowing your limitations too. Like if I know I'm hitting, I hit a 25 yard like slot. I mean, I don't know if you still want to call it a fade at that point, but <laughs> if my ball moves that much, and you know, I can, I can like plan for that. I can course manage around my limitations and still have a better experience. And I just don't understand where golfers, like we so optimistic, like every, it's like, you know, every tee shot 
bro, I know you slice the ball. Like, your swing path and your club plays, like, there's no way that you're not going to slice the ball. But this is the hole you think you're going to draw. No, no, no. I'm running the perfect draw right here. Trust me. I'm like, dog. You know, I just don't understand golfers' orientations where they can't learn and play around their limitations. That pulls down to ego. We're all too, we're all too egotistic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but speaking about slice, man, I mean that was probably the most realist and funniest videos I've ever like I've seen you put out when you were talking about that one where like you're like, no, that ball is gone. Yeah, don't lie to me, dog. <laughs> that you're like, you got your playing partners trying to talk about, you know, you're saying, um, you know, things that are done on the course is like, just don't say that. It's like, yeah, I hit a tree and pop out. No, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, just, and that's the thing. Like, man, you don't got to, like, don't, don't try to, you know, like, man, protect my ego or protect my feelings. Like, dog, I hit that shot was trash. And if you make that, if you make that sting more for me, it like, I will learn faster from you making this thing. You know, people like, we might be able to find that. Now in my mind, I'm like, okay, so that swing wasn't a complete piece of shit. Like, <laughs> I can still find about, like, no, bro. Like, I should want nothing to do with anything that just happened right there. That There should be no positive outcomes from how bad that swing was. So when people try to sugarcoat stuff, it's like, man, like, why? Stop. Be real. Be honest with me. And so I've taken it upon myself to be honest with other people. I'm like, nah, that wasn't a good shot, dog. You know, I don't think we're going to find that one. You know what I mean? And if we do, like, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to help you look for it if you do find it. And I'm watching, <laughs> I'm watching you to make sure that you don't drop another one. So I'm just sit here on the cart and watch all your hand gestures. And so, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. I like a cutthroat world out there. I, but that's what I think we'll get better, though, if we could I, just be honest. I, I completely agree. You'd be like, you know what? That was not your swing. I mean, you hit it like shit. It's gone. Now, you like, you're saying you know, like, it didn't sugarcoat it. You swung it like shit, and you had that outcome. So now you know, like, all right, well, if I can take that to the future, like, hopefully we can eliminate that as we progress. Let's identify the elephant in the, in the room, dog, that, you know, or maybe it's just something that's really wrong with your swing that you need to address when we get off the course and you need to spend some range time. You know, ask some questions about, how, you know, how I just perceived that shot, like, you know, find out if I think that that's something that's been recurring with you and, and it, it, it needs a longer conversation. But if, if you just talk about the reality of it, you get to get to like the core issues versus people that's like, oh, man, it wasn't that bad. Oh, man, you almost had it. Oh, man, like don't like don't give people that that false sense of confidence. The game hard enough. They don't need you lying to them. You know you what I mean? The, you get that hope of like, oh, man, that was actually really close instead of like that was nowhere near what I need to be yeah. doing. <laughs> Matter of fact, none of your swings have been anywhere here. <laughs> and I think you can go take some lessons, bro. We'll I love talk. it. I think you I should go it. take some lessons. I love it. That's great. Man, where can uh, where can people follow along? Obviously, uh, we know where to find you because we've kind of hit you up through Instagram. But where can people follow along? Um, obviously, with your hype uh, media and everything, Instagram. Where can people see what you've got going on? Yeah, just follow. I mean, just Instagram. I'm just chilling on Instagram right now, man. So... Just my hashtag Roger Steele, or you can follow my business page at Hype Media. See some of the other stuff I've done with other businesses. Um, but yeah, that's it. Just I like Instagram, man. It's like you know, I'm trying to not in, indulge in too much social media, so I feel like one platform is like fine for me right now. You know, 
Uh, we 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 kind of feel the same, you know. Other than YouTube, me uh, Instagram's kind of that one-stop shop where you can kind of do it all. You got your links right there where you could go, uh, you know, get everything that the you need to within one person's kind of platform. So I, I think we completely agree there. Right, man. Uh, Guys, you can go to at Roger underscore Steele, S-T-E-E-L-E, to go follow along with everything he's got going on and follow these hilarious videos, as I'm sure he's got more of them coming out. Um, (laughs) As we wrap up everything, man, Hype Media, you know, what do you guys have going on within now, within the future, not only, you know, to create hilarious videos, but also, you know, keep this social impact moving forward and continue to inspire the young people, the, you know, our age people, the middle-aged people to get into the game um, when they otherwise might not have. Yeah, man, it's just, uh, it's just finding doper stories to tell around the game, right? Like, I just posted this thing about this guy, Vic Lloyd. So Vic is a, uh, you know, renowned uh, Chicago designer and like, you know, like a a heavy fashion influencer, right? Um, And so now he's in the golf and like, you know, he's doing all these Adidas collabs on the streetwear side, but you know, now he's a golfer. And it's like, how do you tell a story around things that he got going on? You know, my boy that, you know, plays for the Yankees, uh, Aaron Hicks, you know, he in the offseason now, he heavy in the golf. And, you know, how do you kind of just tell all of these more interesting stories around the game to just, like, whatever type of person you are, I just want to meet you and, like, let's collab and, and, and tell a story about an experience that was made possible through golf. And so that's kind of what I'm focusing on is just telling more interesting stories uh, around the game and then hopefully uh, with that missing links teaser, even though, I, you know, I posted that a little while ago, definitely uh continuing the conversations to try to bring that to the forefront you know it's like a, as a as a bigger piece of content for for all us to learn from awesome man well i know we can't wait to uh see what else you guys put together you know the stories you end up telling here throughout the uh what i hope is years and years to come because you got a real good knack for telling people's stories telling your own story uh and putting it out there with a lot of rawness and authenticity so roger i appreciate you joining us see the man it's been it's been quite the pleasure Oh man, I appreciate y'all. My first podcast, dog. Hey, Ooh, let's go. <laughs> Call my dad, tell him, man, he was right. He was right. Golf was the way. He was right. I love it. Golf's the way, man. Golf's the way for everyone. Um, if you guys have someone who you think is going to want to get in the game um, and just doesn't know how, uh, when I tell you Roger Steele's profile is the first person to go to just to just to have some fun with the game, check it out, get a little real talk in there, you know, uh, understand what to expect because sometimes people's expectations can be a little too high and it can diminish them from wanting to play forward. So go check him out, guys. He tells it how it is. Tell it how it needs to be. Roger, thanks so much, man. Guys, go carry your clubs. Get out there. Play this game we love so much and enjoy the walk. Enjoy the walk. Appreciate y'all, man. Guys, that was Roger Steele. We've been really looking forward to that podcast, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, It's always fun, Dante, to sit down with guys like that who are really making a change within the game of golf. Uh, He's bringing so many people to the game that would have never, ever thought to have picked up the golf clubs before so uh, awesome to hear his side of the uh the story of why he got to where he was today and uh i'm really excited to see what he does in the future oh big things to come for sure um and i'm excited to see what roger Steele has in store and uh with his brand hype media i know they're going to be pumping out some uh great contact uh in the in the next coming years for sure 
There's no doubt about it. He's one of those guys where the passion's there. You can tell that. It's like he said, um, he's <laughs> he got out of his last job to figure out how he could make money just to play golf for uh, for you know a living. So when, I mean, that's someone... that's the golf addiction, man. You gotta find you gotta find a way to make sure that it's it's uh, in your veins at all all costs. Slightly relatable. Slightly relatable. I love it. Well, speaking of golf addiction, uh, you got you got out uh, with some good buddies, Paul and Stan Caney, over the weekend. Uh, did some tuck spitting. Obviously, you got a wedding coming up, but you got to play some golf too uh, up in the Scranton area, and might might not have found a hidden gem, which I'm excited to talk about. Uh, so, how was that weekend up there in Scranton? Oh, it, it it was a blast. I mean, like I said, it's my it's my home away from home. I mean, you know, Paul and I, we we went to college together up at Marywood. Um, I mean, obviously those are your old stomping grounds as well, but you know, we were the same class, class of 2013 and yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, We basically same major and ended up, I mean, the first day, first class, it was like, you know how Paul is and you can go tell him and and ask him how, like, kind of like we met that one day and like, I'll tell you the story, which is tech is the true story, but he'll spin it as if it's the complete opposite of how it happened. But, you know, I was going to my university 100 class and, you know, like your high school said, like, you know, you know, college is great because it allows you to just start over and be like, say, if you weren't happy with yourself in high school, say you weren't, uh, you didn't do more, you wanted to do more extracurriculars than you normally did or be a little bit more involved. Like, here's your chance to kind of do that or if you were like too involved maybe step it back a little you had a chance to just completely change things up so i was like let me let me let me try this strategy and you know walk into my university 100 class and next thing you know like i see this kid standing there and all these kids are standing up and of course the first person i introduce myself is is to paul and i tell him who i am and shake my hand i ask him is this university 100 and we're in the same class and kind of like it just kind of it's you know snowballed from there i i mean we ended up taking the same major together we ended up basically going through college together and just became great friends till this day and it kind of like correlates back to the uh the interview with roger Steele. is like you just meet these complete strangers on the golf course and you can just end up being great walking out with their number and becoming great friends with that person not even knowing who where this person came from and who they are and it kind of just goes back to like the whole golf scene. And, and that's how like things started. Like long story short, I went up there because his brother's getting married. I'm in his wedding. Uh, so, you know, we, I had the tuxedo place. It was only in the closest place near me was in Scranton. When I, he goes, uh, it was called tuxedo by Sarno. Uh, shout out to them. <laughs> uh, well, Stan told me, he goes, Hey, this is where our tux are being fitted, you know, find this place and go there. Well, I looked it up. Closest place was in Scranton or Long Island. I said, what? I said, all right. Well, I reached out to them real quick. I said, yo guys, I was like, closest place for the tuxedo uh, for me to get fitted is, is in your neighborhood. I said, uh, why don't I come up for a weekend? I'll go get fitted. And hopefully like the weather's still nice. Uh, we can uh, get some round the golf in. Well, here I am. I'm driving up there on last Friday, uh, last Friday and right after work and head up there and, you know, it was funny too, because I reached out and wanted to see like what the game plan was, see like what time we were playing and kind of, are we going out to eat? Like what kind of stuff are we going to do normally? And, you know, they, they texted me back like, yeah, we're going to, 
we're going to play Saturday and uh, play golf Saturday and play golf Sunday and, you know, hope to get your tux. And I said, what? wait a second. I said, hold up, hold up, hold up. I was like, the main reason I'm coming up for this weekend is so I can get fitted for the tux. So you I know, have my you know measurements. What I liked about that comment too, it shows that these guys are still the golf degenerates that I yeah. knew they are uh, when I met them up in Marywood in 2012. So uh, when you text me that comment, I was losing it. I was like, yes, the boys still got in yeah. a little bit. Yeah. There's still was... a little bit of golf degenerates. I love it. I was like, what? I said, hold up. I was like, I'm coming up for like the, the main objective is so I can come up and get fitted for the tuxedo for our suit and all that for your wedding stand golf is just a plus side because the weather is still uh kind of still on the i would it's turning there i mean it was a little cooler on the week actually it was cold it was cold as shit uh but we got out and played but man i'll tell you what if you're if you're looking to play golf and you're looking to play some scenic golf in great uh conditions mm-hmm. you go to northern eastern pennsylvania around middle to like middle late october where the fall full is it foliage that be the word okay i didn't know if it was like foliage or foliage whatever where the leaves are fully turned and i mean it is beautiful up there i mean the grass is green the turf was green the greens rolled as fast as i ever played and then you look up and you just see mountains and you just see green yellow orange red trees i mean it was just breath of fresh air you just had to take a step back and just admire it that was always the best thing when you were going back onto campus especially at at marywood there was just you had a little bit you had like an ounce of summer left when you were in on college campus up there and then it just turned and all of a sudden you were in this like fall wonderland up there in the the valley you know i guess in the valley of the pocono mountains you got the wilkes-barre scranton area kind of a huge you know valley complex of couple cities in a row and when you get on the interstates and you take a drive, especially some of the back roads that you can branch off of, there are some seriously scenic views that you just stumble upon. And it makes you say like, whoa. And, and the same is for the golf course. And, you know, like any golf course up there, most of them are perched like on the sides of mountains. So you really get some great views. Um, I know Glenmar is one of those where you can really start to get some great views as you kind of go on uh, the back nine and even some of the end of the front nine too. But um I mean, dude, talk us through the golf. How, how was fall golf in Scranton, Pennsylvania? And, and why does it, and I think it does too, which is why we'll both advocate for it. Why does it separate itself from a lot of the other places you play golf before? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, foremost, and like we just said, is just the scenic aspect of it, mm-hmm. especially in that time with just the way the grass is, I mean, green as can be and the, uh, the leaves are multiple colors. It's just beautiful. I mean, it is your, your tourist mode out there. The dude, my can my phone was out taking pictures left and right. And there to them, it's just, it's just another, another fall season. Oh, yeah. I mean, like we don't really see that. I mean, we get a little, like it's a little bit warmer down where we're at. So it takes a little bit for it to turn. And the next thing, you know, it's, it's winter, you know, like you don't really get to enjoy that aspect. So that's like, that's like the first thing, get that out of the way, but damn these courses i'm telling you because like the ground's harder so like every it just like the turf was just perfect i mean the greens were cut tight i mean the ball those were rolling at at least 12 13 they were quick and i mean the rough was flush the green the 
fairways were smooth as all all can be and it's great too because like you know the areas that we play in like especially in the summertime and like kind of like early fall it's still pretty hot out so you know they kind of tend to keep it a little bit longer and like keep a little bit um the ball rolls for miles like when we play it you hit the fairway that ball stopping so that's like one of the coolest things that i mean i was like man it's great to play with play with roll but damn i mean you know glenmore was a treat glenmore is always special i played there during college because paul and stan were members there paul's a member there now you know so i know glenmore like the back on my hand you know glenmore you've played that plenty of times but i'll tell you what we played sunday now granted it was cold as hell because it it sucked because wednesday thursday friday was 70 degrees there hey we had that warm and then i guess this low came in and it came in sat like late saturday morning and then everything just got 10 times colder and then i was like oh here's the true scranton weather and then sunday um we actually drove down to sugarloaf pa which is about 40 minutes south of scranton like old forge that's where um paul is the like old forge scranton area mm-hmm. about 40 minutes south of there sugarloaf pa that's now that's where stan his course is at where he belongs to it's called valley country club so it's a lot colder because I shit you not, this course was in the valley. I mean, you're on 81, right? We're driving down, eight, I believe it's 81. Driving down 81 or whatever highway, yo, we're, you look at the guardrail and you look down and it's like thousand, like a couple hundred feet way down there and you just see this golf course. Dude, you're on the golf course, you look up, you can see the highway on like the top of the mountain and I'm telling you the cars and trucks look like toy cars, like that size of toy cars. Like that's how low you are in the Valley. So obviously like it's a lot colder and it's a lot firmer down there, but man, was that course a treat? I mean, it was a short course. It's like only like 6,300 yards from the tips. Uh, but damn, was it, it was tough to play because everything sloped down the mountain to the right, to the left. Like if you're look, if you're facing one way, you know, it's always sloping down the mountain, but it was deceiving because the way the course was laid out, it may have looked uphill, but it was downhill just because of the way gravity was flowing. But, oh my gosh, it was, I mean, I couldn't have had a, a better weekend going out with like your second family, your home away from home, seeing the guys playing golf, knowing that you're getting fitted for a tuxedo because you're going to be in one of your best friends' weddings. I mean, you just can't, you couldn't There's beat no it. better I mean, combination than a, like you said, going and playing golf with their buddies, but then be like starting the prep for a, a buddy's wedding, especially a best friend's wedding. Um, and, and I'm stoked to see you guys go through that. But I want to go back to Valley Country Club because this one picture you posted looks like you edited this thing for like hours to make this look perfect, but it's just a snapshot from your iPhone. Yeah, it's this, like, mean... it's this shoot. I mean, couldn't have been more than 40, 50 yards wide. Maybe it was, but it's just the perception Yep. This one hole, dead straight, all the way, surrounded by these beautiful orange, green, dark brown, dark green, like, trees. And it's just like, like you said, it screams fall. And it just, it, it is so beautiful. I can't describe to the listeners how beautiful this picture is. I can't wait for you to post it tomorrow because I'm telling you you're going to post it tomorrow. I'm telling the <laughs> listeners you're going to post it tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. But, I mean, Dante, describe – Dude, just describe this course other than being short, skinny, tight, like the views. How how great were these views all day long? Well, it, they were amazing. I mean, 
especially when you face kind of more towards the highway and up the mountain, like you would, you would just turn to your right and then you would just look up and then you would just literally look straight up. I mean, to where like your neck's hurting and you just look up and you just see, I mean, I don't know how many times I just stared at the highway and saw these cars just to see how far they, how high they were up and where we once were to realize like, wow, we are deep in these mountains. And it just, it was just like a, you know, you just stop and you just take it in because that's what happened when I, so I, I played the course before, but I only played the front nine. So I knew the front nine and that's kind of more, uh, more towards the clubhouse. And they're kind of like the, a lot of stuff's on top of each other, but the back nine, which was like kind of my favorite, I like the back nine better. Um, there is a part where you go across the street and you're kind of like in the woodsy area and you see some really nice houses, but then again, you come up, that was the, 17th hole yeah 17th hole was a par five right and that's where I walked up to that tee and I just stopped and just took it in for how beautiful of a course it really truly is I like you're saying it's just this shoot par it's a par five and it's just this straight shoot and it's like a split fairway with like these mobile uh like little hills of rough right in the middle and it's a it's a get it's an easy gettable par five but I mean, it goes a little, it kind of gradually goes uphill and then the greens kind of almost is like semi turtle back. And then it like floats back towards like the mountain, like on a slope. I mean, I mean, and it's got like, it's got like running deer S greens where they're just massive mounds in the middle of it. Yeah. And like, it's, it's a reachable par, par five to get in two, but at the same time, you're, I mean, you got bunkers surrounding it that are like eight feet high if you're down in it. And, you know, you, there's a lot of trouble in front. So like, it's not a hard, it's a difficult green to land your ball and have it just stick because it's going to roll somewhere. It's either going to roll off it's, or it's going to, it's going to come up short, roll back, or you're going to put yourself into the green side bunkers. But I just looked up and then you just look up like the mountain. You can just see it just gravitate and it's just trees. I mean, it's tight because it's, you saw it. And then you just see, and it's just this shoot and it's this hole. And then you look up and there's just, it's just the mountain. I mean, I, I, I gotta, I'll, I'll post it, but I mean, I it's say, like I words you, man, can't just, describe just it. Just from seeing a few pictures, every hole has a view in which you can kind of just stop. And especially if you aren't someone who's from the mountains, if you're someone who's out in the desert, if you're someone who lives around myself down in like the Eastern shore of Maryland, who just sees nothing but flat beach area and, and you step into this like other world, it looks like kind of, you know, up in the mountains, you and I obviously are very familiar with it being, you know, college graduates of, of a school up in the Pocono mountains. But like, it's one of those areas, man, where it's just beautiful. And especially this time of year with the fall foliage, it just, it sets a tone that like, I could probably have the worst around the golf that I, you know, shot all year and still really enjoy myself um, on a day like this, especially when you're playing with good buds, uh, playing with you know really close friends and things like that so it's one of those things man where i'm pumped you got out there and uh i think we're gonna have to make a trip back there so i can see the property i think so and i'll tell you what as cold as it was like you know saturday like afternoon into in the sunday mm-hmm. i was impressed with my play i mean i was let's just say like saturday i woke up in the morning it was about 60 degrees i was like oh man this is perfect because you don't see that here I was like, great. You know, and like, 
I brought I brought pants. I wore pants and a and a polo and had a pullover. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like I'm I'm a little warm, but you know, if the wind picks up, I'll be comfortable. Well, the wind did pick up and it got a little cool and I was a little cold. So that was fine. It was just a pullover and, and some pants. It was a little on the chillier well, side, say, majority of the ride. Us, talk us through that though, because you had a specific combination of that pullover, you know, under armor layer that actually worked out for you really well in your Well, home. yeah, that's what I through that's what I was about. Season. That's what I was about to get into because I was looking ahead, looking at the weather, and I, I know it's always about at least 10 degrees cooler from the from the philly area to the scranton area and temperature wise right plus you're up in the mountains so it's a little bit cooler too because you're a little bit higher elevation so you already got that aspect too you got that kind of like mountain air right so i was like all right well i'm gonna pack extra warm i'm gonna pack as if it's like 10 degrees colder than what they're saying just for that sole reason well sunday came around and it was so cold that we thought there was going to be a frost delay luckily there wasn't and of course we got like an early tea time because tea times are like tight to get so mm-hmm. it's like all right no one wants to play in the cold so we get there dude i had this wool quarter zip vest and under armor on like cold gear with a with like a beanie on to keep myself cool or keep myself warm and i'll tell you what it did the job i mean my head was warm my torso was warm you know and that's like you want to keep the body heat trapped right from what you're producing yep but like at the same time we all know when like winter golf comes the more layers you put on the more restricted you are with your swing i'll tell you what i was warm and had no issues swinging the golf club and i was so pumped and i think i'm taking that into this season when i originally looked at the photo i joked around with you said dude i can't recognize you i just don't who is that and then all of a sudden obviously you're telling me it's yourself and it was because of the beanie but then i looked into it further zoomed in a little more i said what you got going on there what's the setup that looks comfy and here it was that you know the setup with that little pullover uh quarter zip and i'm like I might have to, I might have to give that a run when I, uh, when I, you know, get back out in this cold weather, we haven't experienced cold weather down here yet no. like that. No. So, and yeah. I don't think we might until like December or January. I think we but, teed off and it was, the feel was 34, 35 degrees. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. That's when, um, that's when you say, uh, I'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I'll, I can do for listen. I've played in 12 degree weather where it was absolutely frozen solid, but I mean, that's not golf. That was just to get out, get out of walk and hang out with your buds. But yeah. I mean, I'm getting to the point where, you know, if I'm playing golf in colder weather, it's got to be still wind, no wind. Uh, sun's got to be out and the ground's got to be receptive. I don't want any type of turf. I don't want my clubs bouncing off the, off the ground because it's frozen. So, and, and play, what, playing with multiple layers, is just, it's not fun because it's not your game. Cause then you have to adjust for like winter swings because your swings are shorter. You got to take extra club to hit the ball. The ball's not traveling because of the cold air. The ball's like just getting hard as a rock. And it, it, it's, it's a different game. It's a different game from that comes to the winter. So like I can, I can fight like 40 degrees. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the uh, lowest I'll play in this year. I, I'm saying this now, but more than likely I'll probably play in like 32 degree weather one day, but I, I don't know. Cause that's when the bug's going to start itching at me and whatnot, I but love it. I love yeah, it, it. it was, it's, um, it's wasn't ready for that. 
it's hilarious, man. When the weather drops like this, especially in Pennsylvania, obviously in New Jersey as well, it you 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 begin to test not only your physical game but your mental fortitude when you hop out there and it's freaking cold all day long. Yeah, and then it especially like I mean that's like another reason like walking's great too is because you can kind of because we hopped in the cart and I was like all right I'm warming up I'm warming up right from like moving my body we get in the cart air wind just hits you and you're like ah now I'm cold again and it's tough because you got there's like so many things you have to fight and make sure things go right like that you really can't control but can in order to make your round comfortable so I mean it's but at the same time it's golf we love golf and I want to go out and play so I mean pick your poison Absolutely. I think we'll, we'll, all of us nuts here will uh, choose play over not play any, any day of the week. So there, there's no doubt about that. Guys, if you want to uh, join us in our kind of venture day to day, if you want to see where Dante's playing as he, you know, goes around New Jersey, Pennsylvania, myself down here in Maryland, hopefully in Pennsylvania before the year is over, uh, maybe even in West Virginia, if I can get down and play there at our family's cabin um, mm-hmm. at the little couple muni courses down there. Follow us at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. You guys can follow along as we post daily as we keep you up to date with all of our podcast information, um, all of our you know l- latest merch as we roll into the Fall Masters. And guys, Single Strap Society is live. We've got some interest, a lot of interest, but a lot of questions. So if you guys have any questions that you'd like answered, feel free to DM us there on Instagram at Enjoy the Walk Pod, or you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com to check out Single Strap Society and everything that's involved with that. If you want to go back to episodes, we detailed everything about the Single Strap Society, what you guys get, what's all involved with it, why you guys uh, would want to become members of the society from here on moving forward. So Dante, we've got some fall golf to talk about on the professional side of things as well. Uh, we had the Zozo Championship this week. Uh, I was really pulling for Tiger to defend and do his thing. He almost finished dead last, so we're not going to talk about it. Uh, but we did have some serious, serious firepower up at the top of the leaderboard. You went with your boy, Bubba Watson. Um, he finished T4, which is a good look going into the Masters. You said this for the last three or four weeks. He's trending. He's trending in the right direction. Um, but a guy who I think might have just put the green jacket on one sleeve, maybe around a shoulder, Mr. Patrick Cantlay. He contended last year when Tiger won and almost won it. He was sitting at leader in the clubhouse before Tiger came in and won. Um, what do we think of this past week's Zozo? We had John Rahm at two, Justin Thomas at three, Bubba Watson at four, Cameron Champ, Tony Finau at five, six, seven. I mean, Dude, this leaderboard was stacked. Yeah, it, it really was. I'm telling you, watch out for Bubba. Bubba's Bubba's like uh, low key gonna like sneak one in there. I'm telling you, he's been hit. I from like the highlights and the stuff that I caught, he's been hitting it really well. Plus, I mean, I know everybody says he's a dickhead or they can't stand him, but dude, I love watching Bubba play because you don't see many people move the ball like and, he does. And how did he win his other two majors? Very low key, or I mean, his other two masters. Very low key. He never came in like guns a blazing, like all oh, two out of the last three, or this, that, or the other. It was like the first one he won. It was like, who's Bubba Watson? Exactly. Um, so I think he's in prime position. I really like uh, your stance on it. I think if if there's a guy or a horse to ride, 
uh, Bubba's going to be a good one uh, coming down the stretch here. I, I just think uh, I think we're in for a phenomenal Masters in the fall here, man. I think there's so many guys playing really good golf right now that we are in for a great week. Yeah, and then and then Cantley, I mean, his confidence is through the roof right now because I like this comment. I guess he said he was like he won the one that Tiger won last year. He won the Zozo, and now he is well. I guess Tiger won the Masters last year, so I guess I'll just follow suit and win win this one. But you know that that's awesome to see. I mean, he's going in, and I think he he how did he do last year again? Do you remember with the uh, with his Masters finish? Uh, Masters finish was top five. Like I said. Yeah. He, uh, so, I mean, he's, he's another one to watch out. Like he's, if he can get around that course, I mean, those, those two guys, they're going to be, they're going to be fun to watch because yeah, he finished, they'll be he up finished there. Three back at Tiger. Um, and, and like I said, he, he made that stretch. He made that run down the back nine. Uh, everyone talks about Augusta being that back nine charge, you know, zone. Like you can make a move on the back nine at Augusta. Uh, Cantley did that. He made an eagle. Um, he birdied, I think, 13, 14, 15 to get to, you know, within one of the lead or something like that. I think actually, you remember how the Sunday just flip flopped leaderboards the whole back nine because uh, Brooks hit it in the water. Uh, Molinari hit it in the water. So, like, in that back nine stretch where everybody was flip flopping, at one point, Patrick Cantley had the outright lead. He had the outright lead going into the back nine. He started a day at seven under at one point with the Eagle on 15, got himself to 12 under and an outright share of the lead and then closed with three straight bogeys coming in. So I think the, uh, the mentality in his mind got a little too above his britches. I think he was like thinking green jackets on my sleeves at this point and then kind of stumbled on the way in. But I mean, like I said, having the lead down the back nine in Augusta, he's been there, done that now. Um, and, and then um, taking speak, that expertise and winning less this week, you gotta love him going into it. That and speaking of um, other players that are kind of, you know, that can possibly make their master's mark and their past performances lately, Rory McIlroy, apparently he like had the most birdies in a tournament in like a four day stretch of a tournament. I mean, he's, uh, he's playing like extremely well and confident. And then it's funny too, because people are like, well, he's saying he's been playing the best. I guess what happened was he said he's been playing the best uh, golf lately, yet he got frustrated and broke a club. I think that just comes down that he actually has that, that you know, he cares kind of I think, again. I think that shows you he's there. Yeah. He's like because right like, there. Those guys aren't breaking clubs, you know, you know, obviously they're pissed, but like when they snap clubs, they're like, I think it comes down to they are that like focused and they are like in this zone of how much they care about their game right now, because it seemed like at one point, remember a couple of years ago, Rory, they asked him, he was like, oh, he goes, I'm just not having fun anymore. Yep. I think that just switched. I think he had flipped the switch and he like, he's back to, I don't know if he's having fun, but he's back to this like mental state to where he's super focused and he, you know, he has this goal and he's, He's on this. He's on this road by himself. That he knows what he's going to do, and I just I think, think he's. Just... I think you look at any professional, right? That's been a lot around as long as Roy McIlroy. Roy McIlroy came in in the scene younger than just about anybody. 
he was on the golf scene for so young. And I think guys that step on the stage, the world stage that early and have big success, they go through these waves. They go through these ups and downs. They go through, oh my God, I love this game. I can't get enough of it. And then they, you know, quote unquote, burn out. They're still playing week to week, but they mm-hmm. just don't have the, the spunk, the passion in it. And then whether it's a swing change, like Tiger went through like four or five different swing changes. That's what kept him fresh. was just constantly redoing the swing. I think Rory went and kind of, you know, kind of took a different approach. He went and made a family. He had, he got married. He, I think, but I believe he has a kid now. Um, So it's one of those things where I think Rory McIlroy just, it was the, you know, becoming of a man of sorts. I think it was the becoming of going out of that like adolescent stage of, all right, well, I accomplished this all by the age of like 25, 26, 27. Like, what do I do now? And I think that having like a family aspect reinvigorated him to, to chase this, uh, you know, kind of second half, I guess you could call it his career. I think Rory's going to have at least another decade of success on tour. Oh, no doubt. And he's in like, he's in better shape than he once was before. So obviously, you know, these guys are, as the older they're getting there, it seems like they're getting in better shape than previous years and at their younger age. So it's, it's cool to see. And I think, um, I think sometimes he's putting like kind of the, the media hype bullshit besides him. Cause it's like, I feel like the, the media puts all these pressure on these guys. Like, Oh, Rory has the, has a chance. Like, Oh, he needs this to complete the slant. Like no kidding. Like no shit. Like he knows we know. And it's like, kind of like this, they put these like headlines and they push these stories. Like, and they like put this pressure on the guy. It's like, yo, if they, let the guy like, all right, cool. He did the other three. Let him go out and just compete. And if he gets it done, he gets it done. So I think he's trying to, I, this is what my observation. It seems like he's just putting that behind him. It's like, yeah, whatever. But at the same time, he's like, I'm here to win this sole tournament. I'm not worried about breaking like these I, crazy I records. I hope so because, you know, now we're, you're zoning in on it. And now you really got to think. Um, you know, all bias aside, all like bullshit aside, who do you want to see Tiger Woods drape a green jacket over? Do you want to see Tiger Woods walking into his own ceremony? That'd be pretty cool. I mean, (laughs) don't we all want to see that? But let's be realistic here. How many times has someone repeated as a master's champion? Very slim, very few far between. So like, if we're not going to see Tiger crown himself as another green jacket winner, who, who do we want? Um, and I think Rory makes that short list very quickly of guys who I would not mind seeing Tiger put a green jacket on come Sunday afternoon in Augusta. Yeah, I mean, how cool would it be if you were in Rory's shoes, who idolized Tiger Woods growing up? You have to that then with, commercial yeah. with Tiger, with, with Rory, Rory. Rory as a kid. I don't know how true it is or not, but just idolizing the 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 I guess at the time the legend that was Tiger Woods. And then the, the commercial ends with them two both walking down the fairway. How great would it be to remake that commercial with them two standing in Augusta on the 18th green, getting the jacket draped over? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you all these guys who grew up that are now like, like the JTs, the Rickies, the, the Rory's, like all these young guys who idolized Tiger growing up to now they're looking at like, all right, well, you know, how sick would it to be if I can go out this year, win the 2020 Masters, and have Tiger Woods, like you said, put that put that uh, green jacket over my shoulders. 
I mean, that was that's just like icing on the cake right there. It's one of those things, man. I'm excited to um, I'm excited to see the next couple weeks. Uh, like we said last week, we've got fans coming back uh, in Houston at our next PGA Tour stop, and then the Masters. So, guys, it's going to be an exciting couple weeks. Um, Tiger finishing damn near dead last has me in zero hopes for the big man as we go into the Masters, but that's when he strikes gold the most, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Masters. I'm excited to see Augusta in the fall. No one's ever seen that before. Um, we got a lot of firsts coming up. We've got a lot of fun things coming up. I hope you guys enjoy um, you know, the golf that's being played because I know we are. Um, and go to our Instagram. Like we said, uh, we, we're dropping some new hats, uh, but we want your guys' opinion. We've got a new Enjoy the Walk uh, Spring Tradition logo. Um, no affiliation with the Masters whatsoever. They have not picked us up as a sponsor yet. Shocker, I know. Um, but uh, we've got some new hats that we're putting up on our stories, putting up on our posts. Comment. Do you guys want us to drop the green hats? Do you want us to drop white hats? Do you want us to drop black hats? Um, let us know. We'll start taking pre-orders on um, this Friday. So spooky season, Halloween coming right up. We'll, we'll, we'll drop pre-orders the night before Halloween. So check that out, guys. Go tell us what you think. Go give us your opinion. Um, and if we get to over 50 comments on our most recent post, we will drop some hoodies too. So everyone knows it's hoodie season. Uh, we're not even going to get into that because the fact that that's a conversation is beyond us. Uh, go wear your hoodies on the golf course and walk, walk with your clubs this weekend, guys. That's it from us. As always, guys, enjoy the walk. Follow us at Enjoy the Walk Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Dante, till Thursday. Till Thursday.